Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to The Truth. I'm your host, the one you love the most, Niall Hessen, back with another episode here on The Truth. We are now in week three, ladies and gentlemen, about one-ninth of the way through the year. Actually, yeah, one-ninth of the way through the regular season. It's kind of crazy to think. These first two weeks have already flown by. Moving on to week three here. Intriguing matchups. It's gonna be uh, it's gonna be fun to break down. As you guys know, today is the Thursday night special. We are going to be covering the Steelers taking on the Browns. But before we do that, let's go ahead and break down last Thursday's game because that game was sure a dandy. The Chiefs and the Chargers battled it out. The Chiefs come away with this one, 27 to 24. A costly pick six by Justin Herbert, I believe, in the fourth quarter, ended up pretty much being the difference um, between. Winning and losing. But let's go ahead and take a look at some stats. Herbert, 33 for 44, 334, three passing touchdowns and one interception. Eckler, 14 rushes for 39 yards. And then receiving, he had nine receptions for 55 yards. So finally, got some good receptions there. Flip side for Kansas City, Patrick Mahomes, 24 for 35, 235, two passing touchdowns. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire came alive as, this, as the game went on. Eight rushes, 74 yards. He also got the ball four, 44 times. Travis Kelsey was limited in this one. Five receptions for 51 yards. And then Watson with the pick six to help the Chiefs win this one. This was a good win by the Chiefs. Um, you know, the Chiefs kind of been downplayed, I think you could say. Um, a lot of people are expecting the Chargers for some reason to win the division. Um, you know, maybe it's because... Tyreek Hill's gone, and the Chiefs look a little bit different. But these first two wins for the Chiefs have really been a very good. This one was a little low scoring than people were expecting. Um, I believe it was uh, the over-under was 52, 55. So it did hit the over here. And then in week one, they absolutely pounded on the Cardinals, who were supposed to be good too this year, 44-21. So the Chiefs are still really, I think, in control of the AFC West. Um Really, any team in the AFC West, I think, can compete this year. But I do believe that the team to beat is still the Chiefs. The Chargers do have a good roster, a good team. Um, they overall had a good fight against the Chiefs. They just fell up short. They're going to be looking ahead and seeing how far they can go as the year goes on. They do play um, against the Jaguars at home next week. That should be a bounce-back win. Maybe another bounce-back win with the Texans the following week. So they have two easier games coming up. Can the Chargers go 3-1? and one? I think that's huge for them moving forward because the Chiefs don't really look like they're going to be stopping anytime soon. Let's go ahead and take a look at this week, week's Thursday night matchup between the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Cleveland Browns. Steelers travel to Cleveland. This has always been an interesting game. Um, as you guys know, the Mason Rudolph-Miles Garrett situation, that was something uh, that happened. And flat out, these two teams just don't like each other. That's the bottom line. Um, you see a lot of these kind of hated rivalries in the NFL, and the Steelers and the Browns really, I do believe, is one of those rivalries that every year is just another fun one to watch, and typically something always happens. So we'll see if anything happens in this one. I don't think there's going to be anything too crazy, um, like a helmet throwing on a guy's head, but you never know with these two teams. These two teams don't like each other. The Browns are coming off a tough L to the Jets. The Steelers coming off an L to Bill Belichick and the Patriots, both at home, I believe. So they're going to be looking for some areas of improvement. This should be a good scrappy game. As far as my two keys to success for the Browns, sorry, the Steelers, is Trubisky needs to step up. That's the first and foremost. I mean, the quarterback position was the biggest question mark going into this season. Everybody knew that. There was a lot of kind of 
skepticism, you know, hoping that everything would go by smoothly, and it hasn't gone by terribly. Trubisky has about a 60% completion percentage for 362, two touchdowns and one interception. Um, I think their leading receiver is Deontay Johnson, 13 for 112, and then rushing Najee, only 25 attempts for 72 yards. So really, I should also put into parentheses that the running game needs to be established because, you know, running is a huge thing. Um, running for about 130, 140 yards in two games isn't really going to be, um, you know, the best case scenario. So they do need to get that established. But Trubisky's just got to continue playing at a successful level. Um, you know, if, if Trubisky's able to be playing well, that can help set up the running game in Najee, which is kind of my second key to success, and that's getting Najee going. Najee has been playing with a foot issue. I'm not exactly sure what his injury was. Um, I do remember hearing about it um, when the draft came around, so I wasn't necessarily too focused on it because I wasn't going to draft him really to begin with. But he has been doing with that foot issue, and that's kind of why I think his production has been a little bit down. Only 72 yards and 24 attempts. Sorry, 25 attempts. It's got to be a little bit better. Jalen Warren, um, he's also getting some touches too. Maybe expect a little bit more of him in the running game as well. But ultimately, the Steelers do pride themselves on playing defense and running the football. Now that uh, TJ Watt is going to be out for a period of time, you're really going to have to look for new players to step up, and particularly on the offensive side, you know, having them step up and, and have the success that they, that they do need. I will be curious to see how this one goes as far as the Steelers are concerned because, like I mentioned, it's not in my keys to success, but their defense did well against the Patriots, only giving up 17 points. The Patriots don't really have a point in offense, so it wasn't something that you were expecting the Patriots to score 30. But how are they going to adjust without T.J. Watt right now is going to be huge if they want to have any chance of winning the division or even making the playoffs. As far as the Browns are concerned, have a bounce-back uh, win from you know losing to the Jets in the last week. That was really disappointing for Browns fans. Going to Carolina and winning that first game was huge for them. And then they really choked a fourth-quarter lead and um, ended up losing to the Jets 31-30. Now, this game could have been completely different if the rookie, Cade York, did not miss the extra point. Um, you know, and that's one of the reasons why they did lose. You know, in overtime, they might have come back and then won. But definitely a loss is a loss and a win's a win in the NFL. So losing to the Jets, you know, you can always find areas of improvement. The one thing I think that the Browns struggle with that I was really expecting them to have a better time with at least is their defense. You know, the Jets don't have a prolific offense. You know, they got Brees Hall and Michael Carter running the backfield. Brees Hall and Michael Carter, both relatively young in the league. And then you got a veteran, Joe Flacco, who's been there and done that. But also, too, you know, there's just one of those things that you think the Browns, you know, having Miles Garrett, Denzel Ward on that front had would be able to at least stop them in a way. And they just really weren't able to. And that's something that's going to be need to be addressed here in the next um, next game, which is one of my takeaways is the defense steady, stepping up. Because at the end of the day, Jacoby Brissett in the offense can only do so much. And you know, Nick Chubb had three touchdowns yesterday, last week, I should say. Cooper got in the end zone finally. It's really kind of previewing this week and seeing how well the defense is going to be able to play. Because at the end of the day, if the defense isn't playing good, overall, the offense isn't going to be playing good too. Because you can go in a shootout all you want until your offense makes that one mistake and ends up, quote-unquote, costing you the game so if the we'll see if they're able to be if they're going to be able to fix that and if the browns are going to have any type of success on the defensive side let's switch gears to fantasy my must start is going to be deontay johnson now you should be kind of starting deontay johnson if you haven't already he is probably the number one receiver on that pittsburgh steelers offense 
he is leading the team in receiving yards as well as touchdowns, I believe. Uh, I wanted, I would double check that, but still, he's leading the team in targets, which is huge. You know, you always question when a new quarterback comes in. In this case, Mitch Trubisky, who is going to be his guy, his guy that he's going to throw the ball to and have success with that. And it looks like this year, at least, it's going to be Deontay Johnson, which I felt like was the same thing for Big Ben. His production did increase too with the loss of Juju Smith-Schuster, so. It's really one of those things that you're not going to really question about the must sit. The only reason why I think people would sit him is just the secondary that the Browns do have. The secondary for the Browns and even the defense for the Browns is pretty good. You know, you got Denzel Ward, who's probably going to be matched up at the cornerback position there. And you also got Greg Newsom. And then don't forget Grant Delput uh, running the safety position. So it might be a little bit hard to, you know, pass a football. But nonetheless, Trubisky is going to be getting yards, and I think the majority of them are going to go to Deontay Johnson, which is something that a lot of Browns fans should be a little bit concerned of. They won't need to be concerned, though, if the Browns are able to stop it. But we'll see what happens there and um, and see if he has any type of success. But I do think he's definitely going to be a must-start if you aren't planning on starting him. Kareem Hunt's going to be my must-sit. Now, Kareem Hunt's always very interesting. Every year, I guess you say, I try to like back the Kareem Hunt train, but the way that Nick Chubb performed in the last game, scoring three touchdowns, it's really hard for me to want to start Kareem Hunt um, unless you're desperately needing a running back. Now, he did drop 23 points in week one. That did help with having two touchdowns um, and receiving four receiving yards there. But last week, only 13 carries for 58 yards, two receptions for 16 yards, a total of 9.4 points. It does scare me a bit, especially when Nick Chubb is playing well. And I feel like Nick Chubb is one of those players that when he plays well, you know, he plays well for three or four games and maybe plays bad for a game or two and then goes back on the train. If that, you know, holds, it would be another good Nick Chubb game and ultimately a good overall Browns offense game, I guess you could say. The really good thing, though, if you're planning on starting Kareem Hunt is TJ Watts obviously not in the forefront and really not going to be a big force there, which can definitely help the running game. But at the same time, I think Nick Chubb's going to get the primary focus not only on the offensive side, but the Steelers' defense. And I could free up opportunities for Kareem Hunt to have success. I just don't know. Kareem Hunt's too spotty, in my opinion, to start week in and week out. Now, if he's one of those guys, you need a running back, sure, throw him in. I just don't like the matchup this week because the Steelers' defense, even without T.J. Watts, one of the best in the league. George Pickens is going to be my receiver, and I know what you're going to say about this one. This is crazy. He's only caught the ball twice um, in his young career. Yeah, we get that, but I really do expect this game to have more of a George uh, Pickens impact. Mike Tomlin said, I believe it was last week, you know, trying to get George Pickens the ball. He's a talented receiver they drafted this year. Obviously, you guys know that me and Ben um, were doing the – prediction earlier in the year talking about players like Pickens and really thought that George Pickens was poised to have a really good year. And it does take time. Justin Jefferson really hardly got the ball um, in his first two games, uh, you know, when, when he was with Minnesota and look where he's at now. And I do see a little bit potentially of a similarity between George Pickens and uh, Justin Jefferson in that aspect. I'm not saying he's going to put up the ridiculous numbers that Justin Jefferson has put up because the Vikings are a better team as far as wide receivers are concerned and just a better team in general. But George Pickens is a guy this week that I wouldn't be surprised if he gets five, six, even seven receptions and for sure a touchdown. And that's why I think a lot of people are going to be sleeping on him um, going into this one. And then my bus is going to be David Njoku now. David Njoku, I feel like he's been in the league forever. Um, I, for some reason, think that 
every year David Njoku is going to be a good tight end to use. He had only one reception, one reception in the first game and three in the second. And really, I'm not expecting much more from David Njoku in this one. The Browns do like to throw to their tight ends, or that's their primary goal, especially with running the football the way they do and kind of how they base their offense. But at the end of the day, you know, the main guy who's going to get the touches, I guess, in the wide receiver or passing game is going to be Amari Cooper. And it was shown in that week one and week two. Donovan Peoples-Jones and David Bell are other wide receivers that I think are going to get more touches compared to Njoku. I think Njoku is a better overall game player when he is run blocking compared to pass catching. And that does hurt fantasy owners who do have David Njoku. And that, you know, is one of those things that maybe prevents them from winning their fantasy week from that reason alone. But, you know, he is a tight end too. So at the end of the day, they get in the wet red zone. They start running the football effectively. Maybe it's one of those situations where he gets a touchdown or two. I just think his targets are a little bit down for that. I just don't think you should be starting him unless, again, you absolutely have to. And that's why I think this week he's going to maybe have a similar to a week one game and only one or two receptions. As far as my game prediction goes, this one's going to be a defensive dogfight, in my opinion. I'm going to go with the Browns winning this one 20-13. Overall, I do think the Browns are the better team, and mainly because the Browns got a really good defense, which I think is very underrated. You have Miles Garrett, Jadavion Clowney on that defensive front, and then you got players, like I mentioned, Dunzo Ward, Grant Delplitt. Their offense is good, too. I mean, you got Amari Cooper from Dallas this year. You have, you know, the mixture of Kareem Hunt and... Uh, Nick Chubb, and you should have Deshaun Watson, but he got suspended. So you have Jacoby Brissett, who's kind of been filling in pretty good, I'd say, for at least now. So you have a better team. The Steelers really struggle on the offensive side. Mitch Trubisky is still getting familiar with the system. He did lose TJ Watt on the defensive side, and I think that's why the Browns are going to win this week. I do think the Browns' defense is going to come into play. It's going to help that the Steelers don't have a good O, um, and so it's going to be one of those things that ends up benefiting both the Browns offense as well as the Browns defense. I think overall playing in Cleveland, you know, the rivalry that these two have, it's going to be a very hard place for the Steelers to play and ultimately have success this week. And that's why I'm going to have the Browns winning this one in a good, in a good game, but uh, low scoring for sure. Cause I don't think it's going to be a Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes offensive showcase to say the least. Thank you guys so much for listening to another episode of the truth. I hope you guys did enjoy it. If you guys did, make sure you like, comment, subscribe, whatever you guys do. I don't really know. But make sure you follow the Twitter on Truth. Wait, hold up. Make sure you follow the Truth on Twitter at the Truth as one to stay up to date with the latest information regarding podcasts, podcast uploads, and other important information of value I know you do not want to miss. Until next time, it is your host, the one you love the most, Niall Hessen, signing out. Take care and good night. Peace.